Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is March 2nd, one more day until the NHL trade deadline, and this has been one of the most active, if not the most active NHL trade deadline I have seen in a long time. We start off the show here today, Russ. Pretty uh, pretty active start. We got Tyler Bertuzzi already on his way to the Boston Bruins. And then as you just let me know before we got the show started, David Pasternak signs an extension with Boston there. A lot <coughs> of stuff going on, a lot of games tonight, so this will be a good show. But uh, just you and I today, how's it yep. going this morning, Russ? Good, good. Like you said, man, the rich get richer this morning. The Bruins just keep on stacking these absolutely awesome players. So, uh, yeah, like I said, our, our buddy Andy is having a great morning. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody else is a little bit worried. But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a wild, wild few days. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll probably see some more movement today even. So, yep, it's a, it's a good time of year. Well, I got a question for you. It's uh, it's more of like a speculation, maybe like a tinfoil hat kind of moment here. But um, years past, we see the insiders, and especially in Canada, Bob McKenzie is like the guy, the the inside guy. And you hear uh, when a guy like him comes out and says, hearing this might be happening or this team is interested in this player, it's typically pretty likely that um, – that it's not going to be too long after he says something like that, where that trade does happen and that player does go to that team. Maybe it's just me feeling like this right now, but it kind of feels like this year more than ever, the insiders don't know anything until it's actually done. The amount of times you hear, oh, this player uh, to this team or this player and this team, you're connecting all these dots and then the next day or hours later, that's not the case at all. They're going somewhere else. And I even look at this most recent example. Last night during the broadcast, Elliot Friedman is out here saying Tyler Bertuzzi and the Maple Leafs have strong interest. And then next thing you know, he's going to the Boston Bruins the very next morning. But I don't know. Is this just me? Am I the only one noticing this right now about these insiders? No, man, you're spot on. It's a, it's been a very weird year, and especially with what they're doing with uh, holding some of these guys out from games for trade-related rumors. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you have a number of teams interested, four or five teams interested, and you might as well hold them out of a game and say, hey, we've got a really good offer coming in soon. And so all these other teams get super excited. And it's, a uh, yeah, there's some very interesting chess being played um, yeah, in the last couple of days, like the Jacob Chikrid news and in uh, all that, it's like you thought a number of these teams were interested, uh, these L.A. Kings and stuff like that. And they hold them out of these games. It's like maybe we have some deals happening. And then all of a sudden, the Ottawa Senators just take the bait and they're like, all right, <laughs> you know, well, we want him. We you know, we we think we can make a run this year. I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's, you know, true or not. But yeah, it's been a very, very strange year. And I feel like, yeah, more and more of these teams are uh, playing with their cap space and playing with some of these, uh, just these rumors uh, to get, you know, to gain the edge, to get an advantage. It's, it's, it's been a very crazy year for sure. No, I'm with you for sure. It's exciting to watch for sure as well because uh, you sit there and you say like, well, why can't we be more like the NBA? Why can't we see player movement? Yeah. Why, why doesn't a big name player get traded? And then uh, Lula Amarillo opens it up before the All-Star break and goes out and trades for Bo Horvat. And then from that point on, it's yeah. just been an endless stream of dominoes tipping over around the NHL of big name guys on the move. And they just said, all right, it seems like we can get this done. So it's it's, it's exciting. It's a good time for hockey fans and 
hopefully this is something that could help grow the engagement and excitement of the sport going forward. But uh, let's start with the games here tonight. We'll start with the first one, team that might be having a new acquisition in the lineup. I haven't seen any tweets whether or not he will be playing, but the Boston Bruins do acquire Tyler Bertuzzi this morning, and they are on the road to face off against the Buffalo Sabres here tonight. Uh, Boston, by no means, is a team that's going to be insanely different by adding a player like this it's going to help them a lot they are a very good team adding a player who's going to help them make them better but first in the nhl right now and first in the atlantic by margin sitting there 17 points up on toronto and 21 points up on the tampa bay lightning right now nine and one in their last 10 and eight game win streak they're an incredible road team 22 six and two facing off against a buffalo team who's trying to find their way into a playoffs Right now, uh, three points back of Pittsburgh. They've got a game in hand on them. If you're looking at this game here tonight, Russ, uh, you feel like this might just be one where Boston continues to roll. You get this matted excitement to the Pasternak signing in there, new guy coming into town. Orlov picked up steam as soon as he got to Boston. Uh, is this one where maybe you're looking at and saying, get out of the way of the Boston Bruins? Yeah, this is, it's definitely not something, uh, <clears throat> you know, not a game I'm looking to play. You know, like you said, this is a crazy time of year because. All of these teams moving around, it's it's similar to the NBA trade deadline. Exciting for a guy like me because I run basically a player-based model so I can plug plug in these new players in and kind of see how they change. And so that's exactly what I did this morning, you know, um, ran the numbers with Bertuzzi, ran the numbers without Bertuzzi. Like you said, I'm not positive if he'll play tonight. Um, Some of the lineups I saw projected did have him in. So I I went ahead and ran both. And, uh, yeah, I've got got Boston. My – over minus 300 at both of my projections. It jumps up with him in the lineup. It jumps up about, oh, about two and a half percent, which is kind of significant for a, t- uh, for a, for a, a player like him, especially since he'll be lower. He won't be in the first two lines, according to the projections I've saw, I've seen. So uh, yeah, just looking at the number here, this is not something that, you know, not somewhere I want to get in front of Boston. Uh, we have done that a couple times in the last few weeks. And uh, it seems like they get outplayed by a couple of these teams and they just keep winning, man. It's absolutely unbelievable. That last game against Calgary, they had no business to win at all. Um, And for some reason, you know, got to overtime and and ended up getting the winning goal. So this, I don't know if this Bruins team is like a team of destiny or they're just going (laughs) to do like a, you know, like a go all out, win the president's trophy and then kind of sputter out in the playoffs type of thing. Uh, But yeah, this is not one I'm looking to, looking to get in front of. Uh, Buffalo's 27th in expected goals allowed in their last 10 games. So the Bruins should really just get, you know, kind of be able to, to name their pride, name their number here and uh, put up four or five goals against UPL. And, uh, you know, I could, I could see easily see a couple score games. So this will be a pass for me. I think it'll be really interesting to see how Bertuzzi fits in the lineup and, uh, you know, just how they look going forward, but this will be a no play for me. So Bertuzzi moves the, your model or has that much of an impact on it. Hey, like he's that, yeah, much, he's that much importance. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, some, some players are certainly not as much. And uh, you know, I would imagine against a little bit better team, it wouldn't be as much, but yeah, when I put it in here, they, uh, they jump up from about a 76% implied probability to win, which is right around three minus three fifteen ish um, to a 78% probability. So, which is my, right around minus 350. Um, so, and it, you know, just looking at the number, I actually was watching it this morning and it, and the Bruins have dipped a little after the trade news, which is kind of interesting, right? Uh, they were like minus 300 across the board and now I'm seeing 275, 
uh, even as low as 260. So, I mean, if you're throwing together a parlay, a favorites parlay, I don't mind Bruins minus one and a half in there. You know, I think that that should cover more times than it should not. But as far as, you know, as far as just that long shot price, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to make a play on that. Yeah, that fair enough. I think uh, any of these long shot prices kind of have people scared regardless of the team. It is now just in general, people looking at it going, oh, well, we've got burned by these a couple of times. So uh, maybe it's yeah. one to stay off of. But uh, yeah, this, if this Boston team, as you're kind of saying there, even if you're going to throw that into some type of parlay, might be a team to mix in because it's been pretty hard to get in front of them and try to try to oppose the Boston Bruins so far this year. One yeah. team that I am kind of keeping my eye on here, especially ahead uh, with a couple days ahead of this trade deadline, is the Florida Panthers. They mm-hmm. were a team last year who went and, I mean, they swung at every pitch. Uh, they went out and got uh, Claude Giroux. They get Ben Sherrod. It ultimate, ultimately ends up turning out to be pretty costly because they don't have the success. Both those guys leave. You've moved on from significant pieces whether it be picks or prospects that went out the door and it kind of feels like this year they were the team that you looked at as the lesson learned from last year in terms of what you're trading and what you're trading for at that point but they're just sitting outside of a playoff spot right now they're three points out you're seeing Pittsburgh go and make some moves uh, they've got the same amount of points as Buffalo. I can't imagine Buffalo that we did just touch touch on them there, but I can't imagine they're going to be a team that's going to go swinging at all. Maybe they add a piece to just say to the guys, "Hey, you played well this year. We'll get somebody to help you out and show you we're thankful that you put in, put in this effort." But um, with with Florida, they're probably trying to still jump into the playoffs here, and it's achievable. Sure. It's something that they can definitely do. You're going to go up and play against a Nashville team here tonight at home in Florida and Nashville is selling you need to get wins you need to get points if you're Florida how do you break down this game here tonight and is minus 175 for Florida to win a little bit long or is this justified especially considering Nashville has dished away uh, Grandland and Eckholm yeah just to touch on your earlier point I'm very surprised yeah that the Panthers haven't made a move yet uh I figured they're yeah I figured their name would be in the hat for for all of these players just because of where they're sitting in the standings right at the edge of the playoffs and um yeah they could really use you know a boost on defense um because you know they're they're reverting back to their their ways from last year playing pond hockey scoring the puck a ton Um, when we look at the number here it seems like it is drifting a little bit to me Uh, This morning, this was closer to minus 165, minus 170 on Florida. And that's right where I had it. I've got about minus 160 on Florida. So, yeah, to answer your question, basically, this does look a little bit long for me. Um, You know, so the numbers do seem a little bit off. Now, digging into it a little bit more, does this mean I want to back the Nashville Predators, who have basically all all but quit on the year? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Now, you know. In a little bit different situation, this small two and a half percent edge would probably be playable Um, when you had a team, you know, where you kind of knew that they were fighting for a spot when you kind of knew that they that they were still still playing on the year. Um, But I definitely won't be back in the Preds. A little bit better look for me is the over here. Um, I kind of leaning towards the over six and a half. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, I'm assuming it's Saros against Bobrovsky. And uh, just digging into the under the hood a little bit, Florida's first and expected goals are last 10 games. Um, 43.8 
expected goals for the last 10 games. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. Averaging over four goals and expected goals for the next closest team is Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh and it. They're three goals higher than they are in expected goals for. So this team is just absolutely, you know, scoring at will. And I don't think that I don't think that, you know, Saros will would will prevent that tonight. Um, so I'm still kind of looking at an angle on this one. It's, um, you know, I've got a shade over seven on my model. So if you give me kind of an even six and a half, I'll, I would absolutely take that. But it is looking like it's drifting. Yeah, the minus 123 is a little bit yeah. too steep for me. Um, so I would, I would definitely, you know, this is one to monitor and maybe even like lock, maybe let's just lock this in for a half unit, Zach. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's just Florida, you know, I can't say enough about how good Florida is on offense and how bad they are in defense 28th and expected <laughs> goals against the last 10 games. So, you know, they, they score a lot and they, they can't stop the puck and uh, Nashville is very, very bad at defense as well. They're 23rd inexpected goals allowed the last 10 games and um, they just been basically giving up on the year. So I wouldn't mind locking this in for a half, half unit. All right. We did yeah. lock that in for a half unit. And yeah. if you do want to track these, you can go over to the bet stamp app. You can find that on iOS or Android, and you can find us specifically in the find better section as Edgework HQ track all the picks that we give out on the show, how we've done throughout the season so far, see it all there in the app and you can track it in real time with verified plays with odds that are out at sports books. Um, Russ, I have a question for you about uh, this manager situation in Nashville. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen this before. This might be the best setup you could possibly have with David Poyle saying, yeah, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. Barry Trotz is now, it seems like he's going to be sitting in for the remainder of the year, just kind of observing and watching everything happen. And Poyle basically said to him like, yeah, we've got a little bit of a mess here in front of you. Let me clean house as we go uh, and get out of here before the deadline. And I'll help you out to set you up before you come in. Have you ever seen anything like this between um, a manager, uh, a group of managers there? I don't even know what's called. Like there's oh, yeah, it's, guys in that room now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying about why I would be wary betting Nashville at all the rest of this year. There's definitely some weird um, gymnastics going on in the front office, right? And you can tell, like, it seems to me like they've kind of flipped the switch and been like, all right, let's kind of focus on our draft pick now that we're so far out of the playoffs. Um, but no, it's a it's absolutely a wild situation in, uh, in, in Nashville. I'm actually going down to Nashville uh, early April and going to catch a going to catch an Avs Predators game so I'm pumped to I'm pumped to check out that arena and to to check out that area but yeah it doesn't you know it sounds like they could have a new you know a new GM what is it basically by the end of the season um yeah yeah July it sounds like July so um I don't know it sort of makes sense though you know you yeah. Barry Trotz is a, is a you know he's a tried and true name he's he's been around the league for forever so it sort of makes sense just because of that name, but no, it's a, it's definitely a strange situation. It'll be interesting to see what they do with, with Hines, you know, the head coach and, uh, and who else they, you know, decide to move because they just uh, traded away a couple players, I believe. Yeah. Nashville, they had just moved on from Genoa the other day and yeah, yeah, there you go. two days ago was uh, Ekholm and Grandland yep, uh, both so on the move. Yeah. yeah, you can tell they're basically done done with this season, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I having have, those guys is pretty big pieces. You scored two goals tonight against Bobrovsky, and I think that the Panthers can get five. So that, yeah. that's all I ask from uh, 
from the Preds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, on top on top of that, with the uh, with the GMs, uh, how many times do you see a new guy come in and they have to clean up the mess of the last guy? And David Poyle's basically just saying, I, "I'll take care of it before you even come here. Don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly uh, what. Yeah, it's sort of weird that he's making. I wonder, you know, how much influence Barry Trotz has in some of these trades and stuff like that too, if they're working yeah. together. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very very interesting situation. And Connor Hartle saying her dope things about Bridgestone. That's sick, Russ. That will be fun. That I would imagine that would be the rescheduled game from the floods from earlier in the year. Is that what those are? Yeah, I think so because it's right at the end of the year. And yeah, yeah I'm pumped. I'm pumped to check out Bridgestone. I've been to that area, Nashville, a bunch, and it's always such a great vibe right around the stadium. And so even if, you know, I'm sure it will still be a great atmosphere down there also. So yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, and I see a question here. Donald Ron- uh, Ronker asking, anytime goal scorer for Florida, uh, would you have one, Russ? I, I don't know. I usually go to Matthew Kachuk, anytime goal scorer, but I think it's basically priced where it should be now. He's sitting at like even money to score, and I think that that's a little a little bit much for me to go on Matthew Kachuk, anytime goal scorer. That's why I've kind of laid off of it the last couple of weeks probably last two two and a half weeks for kachuk he's been dipping 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 hit this point and then kind of for me it's just all right that's a leave it type situation but not really anyone else on florida that stands out for me for any time goal scorer bet there yeah no not not really for me either you know you got carter for higgy moved down a line it seemed like with barkov out um so you know I, i i like to look at some of those players that move up in the line with some of the players out um, so you could you could look toward like an Anton Lindell or uh, or Sam Reinhardt, um, depending on the prices there. But yeah, that's that, it, I mean I don't I don't mind the the uh, the play or the thought process at all because I do expect them to get their fair share of goals four or five tonight. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind you know trying to pick off like a plus money goal scorer at all. Um, so. Yeah, you know, if you if you see one that has value, what pull up? Will you pull up the yeah? Pull up the lines again. Uh, let's see. There we go. See, like I Anton Lundell plus two seventy yeah. there. I'd be looking at something, yeah, closer with a lot more value like that, just because what's a what's Verhage's probably closer to like. Yeah, see, see that that seems that seems fairly reasonable to me, um, even though he is on the second line. Yeah, the other one that I was yeah, it's at plus one forty for anyone listening on podcast. Uh, and then the other one that I was looking at uh, occasionally is being Sam yeah. Reinhart put there, but I think even that might be a, a little low. I was looking at like two to one or higher for him, so I think it, even mm-hmm. for me, like that's just a little out uh, of range. But yeah, I mean. Look at those guys who move up in the lineup. That's a strategy mm-hmm. Rob has been doing, uh, using a lot this year and has had success with on the Edge Work show. So definitely something to look out for on a day-to-day basis, guys moving up and down and getting power play time or being taken off of the power play, anything like that. Um, Jeff McBride asking, Kachuk plus 115 at good price? Uh, I would think that would probably be closer to range of playing. I think we were playing at like 120, 125 over the last little while. So 115, I think would be good there. If you can find that, uh, yeah. I would imagine if you're in Ontario, that would be available. That's as why Jeff's asking, but yeah. Yeah. He's been pro- playing pretty well. I don't mind that play. All right. Uh, 
interested your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators tonight. Uh, you go out, you acquire Jacob Chikorin yesterday. Probably a little bit similar to the Buffalo situation that we had kind of talked about where maybe you go and get, get a guy just to give some props to the team for, for how they've been playing recently. Uh, you get a guy with terms, so it's not like it's a rental player. He's here. He's going to be a part of this team. We want him to be a part of the makeup. We're going to go and get a good player for you guys to help you out with uh with Jacob Chikrin. Looks like he's in New York. I did see a photo of him at the hotel. I'm not sure yet if he'll play tonight or not. I haven't seen any news on that. But gonna face off against the Rangers, who will uh, have Patrick Kane making his debut in New York here tonight. That building is gonna be electric. And mm -hmm. yet Russ, you have uh, a look here tonight at the Ottawa Senators. Why is that? Yeah, I mean it if you've watched the show, you know, I've, I've gone over and over about the Rangers and my sentiment on them all year. They're basically a mediocre team with a really, really good goalie. And it, uh, it doesn't look like that goalie is starting tonight. It looks like we'll get Halleck in goal tonight. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, when I opened this or when I looked at this last night, I was very surprised to see minus 170, minus 180 on the Rangers. And that has subsequently come down a ton. Jeez, yeah, that, that's that's ugly. Uh, so actually, I, I played my plus 165 on Ottawa last night, and I don't think, you know, at this price, I'm not sure that I would that I would take a chance on Ottawa. But just digging into some of the uh, some of the under the hood, you know, stuff here. Uh, obviously, Ottawa has been playing awesome the last few games. They've they've won three games in a row. They're they're slowly trying to make a push for the playoffs. Obviously, it seems like their team and their front office believe in them with the uh, with the acquisition of Jacob Chikrin. And uh, when I run my model with him in and with Kane in the other side, I just have I've got the Rangers closer to minus 130, minus 135 here. So this is basically was just a value play for me. Um, and maybe this is something where we we do want to throw a half unit on it plus 140, just, you know, just to lock it in. Um, but, yeah, I don't I mean. The Rangers keep winning with Igor. Um, and keep having poor numbers. 23rd in expected goals for the last 10 games, 21st in expected goals against. Um, it seems like they, you know, they play really well on the road and they actually kind of struggle when they're, when they're playing in New York. Now, like you said, with Kane in the, in the building, that place will be insane tonight. I'm sure it'll be absolutely nuts, but the, you know, the senators have played there pretty well when they, when they've gone up to New York, they won the last game. It was back in, it wasn't, you know, it was in December, but they did win that game 3-2. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I just think this is a little bit better spot for for uh, for the sentence. It's, a, you know, you're getting the Rangers on a back-to-back -back in a game that doesn't matter quite as much to them. Um, they're third in the East, and, uh, and Ottawa needs needs this win, or at least needs to, uh, you know, to take it to overtime just to just to get a point. Five, Ottawa's five points back from the wild card, so they can take it, you know, any points that they can get at this point. So, yeah, I just I think that number's a little bit uh, was a little bit long. It looks like the market has agreed with me quite a bit. Um, I'm still yeah, that, that's actually kind of crazy how that just disappeared because I was right before we went on, I was looking at plus one fifty five, and I would have loved that. And yeah, plus one forty is basically the best the best I can see. So I don't know, somebody much more influential than me must have hit that. So money sent out is uh, <laughs> yeah cronies to hit it or something, but. No, I mean, I, I still think that number should probably be a little bit lower. Um, you maybe want to play that for a little bit less or, uh, you know, or throw it in a in a parlay or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a simple numbers play for me and I have a small edge on the send. So that's the way I'm going to go.
All right, and we did track that as a half unit there on the bet stamp account. But uh, Russ, you're locked in on the on the little parlay pieces here today. You got you got one every, never, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time, um, you know, advising any of that. But certainly, when I have yeah. smaller smaller edges like this, you know, I do like to throw in, you know, like a three team favorite parlay or, or something like that, or even like a, you know the puck line puck line dog parlay something like that right. but no you know i could see the sense i could see the sense sneaking one sneaking a win here yeah all right this uh pittsburgh team what is going on here with the penguins uh you go out and acquire uh, acquire mikhail granlin from nashville as a we mentioned there's a piece that's on the way out from nashville I bet you move on from Teddy Bluger and basically your team is not changed. Like they are, they're effectively the same place that they were before they made any of these trades. It doesn't feel any different. It doesn't look any different. Even prior to that, you waved Kasperi captain. He gets picked up by St. Louis and goes there. Uh, yeah. It hasn't been playing as well or as consistent, but he's been at least the guy who's got some energy and that's gone. This Pittsburgh team is just kind of, there they're just kind of existing at this point and they're holding on to this the last wild card spot in the east right now you're three points up on buffalo you got one more game played than them you're a point back of the islanders you got four games in hand on them just kind of doing nothing and yeah. tampa sitting here you got Janot acquired uh he's gonna come in he's an impact player they move on from nemesnikov they're likely going to be adding in more pieces like i can't imagine that one doesn't have a subsequent move coming up here over the next day or two days i guess before the deadline uh i can't make any sense of what pittsburgh is doing what they're trying to do this tampa bay team is incredible at home 22 5 and 3 at home this season if you're looking at this one is there a side or a total that you'd be looking at to bet on um yeah actually we did we did make a play on the over here <clears throat> i thought that this should be a little bit juiced a little higher on the over six and a half and um yeah it still looks like at minus 114 is completely in range um, so that's, yeah, that's the way that we went, um, just to, yeah, break down the game a little bit. This Pittsburgh team is crazy. I just cannot get them figured out. I, my model really, really likes them because they have so much talent up front. Um, but yeah, their defense is, is struggling and it's, yeah, it seemed like they got rid of a couple of their problem players. Um, but when I put the numbers in, I still have this way north of seven. So I think six and a half is a good number here. You know, I could, I could easily see a game script of, of a very close game three, three, or honestly, I could see either team going up five, two at any point in the game, you know, <laughs> even right. if, the, even if the pens went up five, two, I really wouldn't be that shocked. I would just be, you know, we would say, Oh, the pens are, you know, doing their thing again, where they just rattle off four or five goals in a period and then, you know, give up two or three. Uh, so this, this is a really, really strange team. We've played on their over quite a bit this year. And it, we've done pretty well. I think we, you know, probably close to 60% hitting there. Um, but when we bet on on the side, it's absolutely screwed us. It seems like, you know, we'll bet on them and they just play terrible. And then the last week we bet on the Lightnings and the Penguins had, what, the five-goal second period. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, that's a loss right there. Um, but, you know, just as far as, you know, if we want to look at a couple of the numbers, these teams are very similar in, uh, you know, very good offenses and mediocre to poor defenses for actually both teams. Even the Lightning have uh, have been struggling recently. And, um, you know, we know that Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's fifth in goals saved above expectation. But when you look at his last 15 games, 
he drops all the way down to 52nd in expected goals. So I do think he's been struggling a little bit, and I think that's a part of um, them just trying to find a cohesive six on defense and actually giving up quite a few high danger chances, you know, where, where, you know, he's just, it puts him, you know, in a tough spot basically. Um, so yeah, we played the over six and a half here. I can easily see seven to, you know, majority of the time. And my numbers have, have well North of seven here. So yeah, I like it. Okay. And we locked that in over six and a half minus minus one fourteen. That is available there. Um, so if you want to track all the picks, make sure to head over to the BetStamp app on iOS and Android. You can follow us on the Find Better section as Edgework. Uh, you can follow a bunch of the different creators that we have in there as well, see all their picks that they've got going on. Uh, another game that I know you have something you're looking at for a play here tonight is the Toronto-Calgary game. Mm-hmm. Toronto coming off a of back-to-back. You play uh, against Edmonton last night lose that one uh it was kind of a tough pathetic effort for the leafs there not really bringing much effort and then you're going to go into calgary here tonight but you're going to add some new players to your lineup you're likely looking at luke shen coming in here potentially gustafson making a debut you're going to see some different things for this leafs lineup tonight against the calgary flames and this calgary team is still sitting outside of the wild card spot right now you're five points back of winnipeg five back of seattle uh, three-game losing streak for this team as well. We've had trouble with them all season long, kind of mm-hmm. looking at them uh, in terms of what they should be. Then what we start to think that they are, we can never really get that much of a grip on it. Facing off against a Toronto team here on a back-to-back and adding new players into their lineup, uh, is this a spot where you might be looking to back Calgary tonight? Yep. Yeah, I think that this uh, this number is a little bit short on the Flames, and uh, it has it is moving also with me. But I still think, geez, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I still think we can play the minus one seventeen at Pinnacle. Um, I probably I probably wouldn't play this any any you know any much higher than that. Probably one twenty is probably as far as I would go. But uh, when I yeah when I ran these numbers and I, I checked this last night and this morning, it was closer to plus one hundred. Um, for the flames or minus 105 and uh, yeah I think that number is way too short for me on a getting the Leafs on a back-to-back a backup goalie Um, when you look if you watch this show the the flames have just been giving me all year I hated them (laughs) hated them early in the year absolutely but their numbers have changed quite a bit and have actually come around you know um, the last few games they've been playing a lot better and um, a lot of my my model has has really liked them the last few games. We were really close to playing on them against the Bruins at home last game and decided not to pull the trigger. They absolutely dominated that game and still ended up losing in overtime. The Flames are like are like the opposite of the Rangers, where it's like the Rangers are playing poor hockey and sneak away wins, and the Flames are playing good hockey and find a way to lose every time. And you know what um, so the common denominator there is yeah. there, Russ? it's goaltending yeah (laughs) it swings a lot it swings a lot in the nhl i hear i hear guys on the radio talk about uh a good goaltender can be the difference between needing a video day and not needing one so i mean that's a good example of what you're talking about right there you get Mm -hmm. no goaltending out of markstrom and you're looking at these spots that you're saying like you outplay the other team and you're still sitting there the next day going what the hell happened and new york on the other hand is burning the tapes and saying we got the win move on from this one <laughs> yeah no absolutely and that's you know when you get to the playoffs that's the that's what absolutely matters you have a goal, good goalie and he can you know get you through a, a series whereas yeah if you have uh, somebody like markstrom 
you know, who you don't know what's going to happen. You're, you know, it's a lot more questionable. And uh, yeah, looking at the goalie, I would honestly, I would prefer Dan Vladar in net uh, tonight, which we have talked about a couple times on this show, but I am assuming Markstrom. And even with Markstrom, I have, I have the flames here closer to minus 130 or minus 135. Um, the, you know, the Toronto is, has been playing very well, but getting them, them on a back-to-back with their backup goalie who, who really hasn't had much experience this year and the flames playing so well, I think this is a good spot to play kind of a contrarian play on the flames. Um, so that's the way, you know, that's the way we went and the flames have actually, like I said, they've been playing very well and look at the numbers and their last 10 games, their first and expected goals against, so that tells you they're playing good defense, like you said, and the goalie has just been absolutely terrible. So um, hopefully Markstrom plays a little bit better tonight, but I, I think this is a, it's a good enough price to back the Flames at home in a very, very, you know, important spot for them. This is a huge spot for, for the Flames, whereas the Leafs, you know, they, you know, this is not as a bit, as big of a, a spot for them. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm curious your thoughts in the Seattle-Detroit game here yeah, tonight. But- Seattle – on the road to Detroit, uh, they are first in the wild card in the West, and uh, you got the same points as Winnipeg, two points back of Edmonton right now. You're four, five, and one in your last ten. You just beat St. Louis five to three. This team has been pretty good on the road, uh, above 500, 18, nine and three on the road so far this year. And this Detroit team, you go and sign Dylan Larkin, but now you're kind of flipping pieces out the other way. Bertuzzi goes to Boston this morning. We yep. see that. Uh, it looks like they're probably going to continue to shell off some pieces and just mm-hmm. look to maybe retool is the right word as they move forward in this. Uh, but if you're looking at a Seattle team that's kind of desperate to get wins, desperate to get points, and Detroit, on the other hand, has kind of said, all right, like, where are we bowed out? You'd typically be looking at Seattle as probably the right side in this one, but we've talked about it a few times this year, the phenomenon of uh, losing yeah. key players, the top players, and then performing could that possibly be what we're looking at here tonight with Detroit, or uh, is this maybe a spot where uh, it, the price is right on Seattle, kind of sitting at minus one fifteen against Detroit? Yeah, this is a very interesting matchup again because yeah, I could run the numbers with Bertuzzi and then after without Bertuzzi after after the trade, and yeah, there's a significant um, a jump there. I've got I basically have the Seattle Kraken. Um, with Bertuzzi, I had them closer to 53.5% winning percentage. And then without that jumps closer to 55%, which is basically right on market. You know, this is very dependent on who's in goalie for the Kraken. You know, some of these teams I am a lot more reluctant to pull the trigger on because of goalie. Um, and then some of the teams, the goalie doesn't really matter that much. This is definitely one of the teams where the goalie does matter because honestly, I, I will, I have a hard time betting on Martin Jones when he's in goal, uh, just because the last few years have been so bad. Um, so just kind of looking at, yeah, some of the numbers here, if we do get Grubauer, I have closer to minus 124 on the Kraken, which is a small, small value play. Um, this is nothing that I will probably play today just because of all the lineup changes and um, how, how Detroit will play trading off one of their best players this morning. Um, but yeah, there's a small edge on Seattle here. You know, we love Seattle on this show because we've got, uh, we've got their coach <laughs> at 33 to one to win the Jack Adams. And I believe, um, I believe the other, our other guys, um, what's his buckets. Uh, Alex Smith has him, has, uh, has, him to win the Jack Adams as well at a, yeah. at a 
Rice. So, so we're big Kraken fans fans on this show, but I don't. I'm not sure that there's an edge here. The Detroit has been very, very strange. Um, it seemed like they were kind of out of it. Derek Lalonde considered it kind of a building year, and then they went on that streak where they won like five of six and signed Dylan Larkin, and were looking like you know, they're playing really good hockey and, and subsequently since then they've lost three or four, they've scored three goals in their last three games. So it's like back to maybe back to tank mode. And then they traded off Bertuzzi, right. You know, this morning. So um, this won't be a play for me at all. Um, I think this will be a very interesting game as far as Seattle futures. And just as far as Seattle in the, uh, in the race, the playoff race, but no play for me here. All right, one that uh, we're ta- we've talked about some of these long prices on some of the teams, and we're getting a little bit of one here with uh, the Dallas-Chicago game. Dallas sitting at uh, minus 222 to beat Chicago tonight on the road in Chicago. We obviously get to see Patrick Kane make his debut for the Rangers tonight, but that would signify his time in Chicago has come to an end. They have moved on from their big player, Jonathan Taves, done for the year. Uh, gonna sit out so maybe even more pieces coming out of Chicago we did see McCabe and Lafferty move to Toronto potentially Max Domi on the move there's a bunch of guys that could be on their way out over the next two days but this Dallas team has been really confusing we've taken them to go regulation time draws the last few times uh, on this show because they are a team that's kind of just mm-hmm. played for points we we did that the other day with mm-hmm. them or I guess last night with them against uh, Arizona but they did beat them 4-2 still a tight game with the Coyotes there is this maybe a little bit of a long price here on Dallas given the uncertain that uncertainty that we've had with them over the last little while this is such an interesting matchup just running a players-based model this is such an interesting matchup um, I'm putting in the uh, Chicago Blackhawks lineup last night, and it's like, who are some of these players that they're starting? <laughs> and, um, you know, you can kind of tell watching them play that they're sort of in tank mode, but then you go to the lineup and look at who they're actually starting, and it's like, okay, this is team is full-fledged tank mode. It seems like they're getting some of their younger players some, you know, some time on the ice, and uh, like you said, they're, all of their, their better players are, are either traded away or they're on the trade block. Um, yeah, some of these names, I'm just looking at the lineup now, and some of these names are, are absolutely ugly. So it's really tough for me to, to handicap a, a game like this, man. And then you look at the other side, and uh, I'm very, very low on the stars. I don't think you know they have been playing very well at all. Um, like you said, it seems like the overtime bet is a great bet because – they play such low event games and they've got Ottinger in net. So they have great defense. Um, so I think that overtime bet is a great bet, but as far as, as far as any play on this game, this is like a complete, complete stay away from me because it's all of the unknowns. I think that Dallas should win here, but I think they're starting Matt Murray in goal. Um, I believe tonight on the back to back. And so that's just another another question mark. I'm not I'm not positive who they have in goal, but that's what some of the projections I was looking at are saying. Um, I don't know, do I mean it? Wait, who in that? Sorry, uh, Mrazic. No, for the uh, stars. Oh, okay. I'm looking at yeah, uh, Peter Mrazic will go for the. Uh, Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, and then I'm just – I don't know who that stars will, will start on the back-to-back, and I don't even know – they don't even – I don't even think they have Wedgwood anymore. 
Either way, either way, I think you're probably <laughs> going to get the second, the backup goalie for the stars, which is just another, another variable to, to consider when handicapping this game. Um, when I did run the numbers, I'm right at, I'm right at Dallas, like minus 239, minus 240. So there's, there's no value for me and no play at all. Like I said, it's, yeah, that's basically right on market. It looks like it's moved a little bit. Um, it, it, yeah, in that direction, but yeah, I think, you know, I think this Chicago team, you know, is trying to actively lose um, where Dallas yeah. is basically just trying to skirt into the playoffs. So this will be, a, it'll be an interesting game just because of how, how many new players they're playing. You know, I don't have numbers for any of these guys. We uh, we're at the point where you, when you're playing NHL, be a GM like 2020 and you get to season 24, 25 and you're drafting it. <laughs> Jim Aginla. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, Dave Gust, Joey Anderson, or some of these yeah. guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, just made up names at this point. Uh, yeah. that, uh, that's about it for all the games that we have plays, and there are three more games left here tonight. Is there anything that interests you in this Minnesota-Vancouver game? Uh, Minnesota's been an interesting team for me to kind of watch, especially as they approach this deadline. We see them accru- uh, accumulate salary cap in the O'Reilly deal. Uh, then they go out and they do it, uh, I believe it was in the Orlov deal again. They add more salary, and you're kind of sitting there like, all right, well, this team's a team that's going to be in cap hell very shortly. Uh, and then they go and they add Gustav Nyquist, and it's like, all right, well, they're still trying to add here. They're trying to improve their team to go on a playoff run, uh, but Vancouver, obviously, on the other end of things, they are uh, completely bowed out, even mm-hmm. still doing very interesting, confusing things, going out and trading for Philip Ronick uh, yesterday. <laughs> that was a wild move from Vancouver. I, I, I honestly can't even like begin to understand why uh that happened for vancouver but uh, if you're looking at these two teams minnesota vancouver minnesota favored minus 157 on the road at vancouver is that price about accurate of where it should be tonight Uh, these two teams have been pretty much play against teams for me all year um you know (laughs) my my disdain for the wild is well documented on this show and it looks like they have confirmed mark andre Fleury in net so i would certainly certainly not you know not look to lay that price on minnesota um then yeah looking at the flip side of the coin who knows what the canucks are doing um it seems like they've just been you know kind of basically making their fan base pissed off the last few months or so. And, you know, more so, so money than anybody else has has been having to deal with it. Um, And then in goal, I think they're saying Thatcher Demko's back tonight. So that's another, you know, another variable that's, that's sort of in question um, just because he hasn't, he hasn't been on the ice for so long. So, I mean, I, Honestly, I would if this was a, if the Canucks were playing a little bit better or were a little bit better team, I would love to take them at home as this at this price at plus one forty. But they're just they pretty much bowed out on the season, and uh, yeah, there's no way I'm laying this number on the Wild on the road. So this is a pass for me. I think you know I think that going forward, I think that um, any number close to six um, on the Wild total is a is an auto bet on the under. Um, this is a, you know, like I said, with, with Demko in net and with this terrible, terrible Canucks defense, um, not, I'm not going to play it, but I would certainly lean towards the under anytime you get a uh, six on a Minnesota. I think that is a, that's probably a poor number because their defense is just so good. And their offense is just absolutely atrocious. I mean, it's kind of an anomaly. I haven't, I don't remember seeing a team like this in a long time, but their defense is really, really good. Um, they just can't score. So 
Yeah. You know, I, I that's kind of where I would lean, but there there's no play in that uh, that ugly game for me. <laughs> <laughs> Two teams that you go against all year and they go up against each other. It's yeah, like, right, stay the hell away from this thing. It's yep. one of those spots. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, another game here tonight. Uh, Montreal going to LA to take on the Kings. And we did just see them make a move that uh, kind of shocked the organization a little bit. Jonathan mm-hmm. Quick on his way to Columbus, but looks like he may not ever actually end up in Columbus as Columbus is trying to flip him. And he seems pretty pissed off about the fact that he's being traded to yeah. Columbus now. Uh, a, a move like that, it's obviously going to improve the team bringing in Gavrikov. You're going to get a little bit of help, hopefully, from Corpus Allo here. But you send mm-hmm. out a guy who has meant a lot to the organization, meant a lot to the players in that room. and even though he has struggled a little bit, you can guarantee that like his energy and the way that he plays brought some type of, of passion and something sure. back to inject into that room to help them out that way. At least you see yeah. that guy go out on his way out the door and you see how pissed off he is about going. Uh, could that possibly disrupt anything for this Kings team? Would it, would it play a factor in, in their first game after the trades, like in a game here tonight against the Kings when you're big favorites minus two forty four? I don't think so, man. I think that, you know, if you're in that locker room, you kind of see this as a, as a sign of confidence, a vote of confidence. Jonathan Quick has been just playing, I mean, absolutely awful the last two years. And just to get a little bit of value out of him, to trade him, you know, to trade a veteran and get a little bit of value, that's the name of the game. I think that they did a great job with this trade. And uh, I think Corpus Allo is a huge upgrade. Even tonight, yeah. if, if he starts, you know, that's a, that's a huge upgrade. And then to take a little bit of, uh, you know, the pressure off of Phoenix Copley, is is a solid move and then just get better on defense um with their addition there but yeah looking at the number i i've got right around minus 220 on the on the kings so there will be no play for me you know i think the main thing to think about here is is yeah how they play with those new additions and um i think if you're a kings fan you got to be feeling pretty good about about this move and about their their playoff aspirations also so no no play but you know i think i think it's a great move for the kings it's it sucks to get rid of a veteran like that, but it's hard to say like how, you know, how, what impact he had on some of these kids in the locker room and, and if it was positive at all, or, uh, you know, if it's starting to get negative because he was, yeah, he's definitely pissed about the trade. <laughs> yeah. Great. I saw a tweet that said to say he was upset was an understatement uh, about what went on. Like, well, yeah, you live in LA for 17, 16 years of your career. You win a bunch of cups and then you end up, no offense to Ohio, but you end up on your way to Ohio. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as LA. I it's, it's not the same as LA. I can imagine he would be a little bit frustrated with that. And he's watching this team that he's on. who's actually pretty good and saying, what the hell, how am I on my way out the door at this point? But yeah, Yeah. it is a business. It happens. So it is what it is. Uh, Last game, Russ, Uh, I'm interested in your Mm -hmm. thoughts in St. Louis, San Jose, uh, let's call it what it is. This one's an ugly one. This is not yeah. one that I'm going to be prioritizing to be turning on and watching here tonight. Uh, St. Louis shedding pieces, San Jose shedding pieces. We still haven't mm-hmm. seen Eric Carlson be traded. We're hearing Pareko could be traded. Like these two teams could be moving on from some more significant pieces today and tomorrow. Uh, and in this one, it's in San Jose tonight. It's close to a coin flip, but you're seeing it shaded towards San Jose uh, in terms of being favored in this one. Is there anything at all that you think you could find value in, in a game like this tonight? 
Not really. You know, I do think, you know, when I opened it up this morning, I thought that minus 110 was a little bit short on the uh, on the Sharks. And it, it's moved a little bit to minus 120, minus 125 in some places. But, yeah, this is an interesting, really weird Sharks team because they're so bad at home. They're absolutely terrible at home. They're 6, six 16, and 8 at home. And the Blues are actually pretty good on, on the road. Um but yeah, looking at some of the lineup changes and some of the trades, the Blues have the Casper Kapanen in their starting lineup when it, it's like Pittsburgh literally just got rid of him or just cut him for a reason. He was one yeah, of their yeah. worst players, one of their worst, uh, you know, worst forwards on defense. And right away, like you said, St. Louis picks him up, put him in, puts him in the starting lineup. Um, so I, I think this this Blues team has basically given up on the year, and it's it's more the same with with the Sharks. You know, my numbers actually do lean the Sharks. Uh, so if anybody's watching a San Jose fan or whatever, I think you could probably play this here. Uh, it probably should be a little bit closer to minus one thirty or so, or minus one thirty two. But as far as me, you know, this this is a stay away game. This has been two teams that I've kind of played against also this year, and they're playing each other, like you said. So. This will be a stay away from me. I think, you know, I don't know. I don't think both either of these teams really has anything to play for anymore. Both of them are significantly out of the race. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. This will be just be one I will not be looking yeah. to watch tonight. It won't be on my radar, but uh, plenty of good good games here tonight. Plenty of good games to bet on. If you uh, if you were looking for games to bet on, you're just catching up now. You can watch the show back here, obviously on YouTube. You can listen on all podcasting platforms. You can find us as Edgework, the Edgework Show on there. And if you're looking to trail all the, or track all the picks and tail what we've been putting out, you can find us in the Betstamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ, and that can be downloaded on iOS or Android. So make sure to check that out. But uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Hopefully you did enjoy the show. If you did, please hit subscribe on this channel. Make sure to like this stream as well. If you're looking for more hockey content, we're back tomorrow here at 10.30 a.m. And then as well, we will be hosting a live NHL trade deadline from 2 to 4 p.m. on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel, uh, reacting to trades as they come in, reacting to them as the deadline comes to a close, looking at movement in any of the markets, what teams go uh, and see any type of impact based on moves that they might have tomorrow, but likely going to be more of a recap show than a reaction show than anything else. But Russ, thank you for taking the time to do this today. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks to everyone who watched. If you enjoyed the content, like, subscribe, and we'll see everyone back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Good luck on your bets tonight.